It is with great pleasure that I sit here today with the fabulous Dermot Carey on his organic farm after a delicious, delicious lunch of his homegrown heirloom tomatoes that were just stunning. Dermot, how are you? Oh, thank you. I'm very good. Yeah, yeah, good. Tell me a bit about you. There's a few things that have come out today that have been so impressive for me. And it's the educational piece of who you are and what you stand for. You love to share knowledge. Yeah, well, that's it. See, I've over the last God, 20 years or more, I've been on the road um, up and down the country from from Glen in, in the on the Kerry Limerick border right up to Inishone. And I've been working on a lot of wall gardens or big country houses with, with kitchen gardens. Oh. And mainly along the western seaboard, um, right up along the, the west coast, but also on the east coast. Um, so the, the idea was that I'd set up a kitchen garden on site. But um, Impart all of your knowledge so that they can continue on. Yeah, yeah. And by doing that, it starts in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so I go in and interview the chef and find the reason why the produce would like to be grown on site. And in a way, it starts in the kitchen, finishes in the kitchen or in the, say, dining room. Yes. So, so from the kitchen to the wall garden, back to the kitchen, to the dining room. To the dining room, yeah. yeah. That's really fabulous. So it's a bit like full, full circle. So the, the idea is the growing area, the food growing area revolves around the kitchen. You have a lot of chefs and owners think that the kitchen should revolve around the the garden but the 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 growing area should be flexible enough that it can um, facilitate the kitchen yes for 12 months of the year it's quite possible that's terrific yeah um, i see how that makes sense yeah and the menus in a lot of the places i i work with uh, the menus change the menus don't change daily the menus don't change weekly uh, not monthly but they do change quarterly with the changing of the seasons. So it's like spring, summer, autumn, winter. Yes. But they would change slightly. But at the same time, people assume that by growing your own, you have less continuity of supply, but very often you can have more uh, continuity of supply of Irish produce if it's grown on site. Like, for instance, we can have beetroot for 10 months of the year. Now, if you want beetroot for 10 months of the year, <laughs> It's possible to have it. Yes. Uh, the same with, with different styles of broccoli, whether you're talking about the um, green broccoli, purple broccoli, white sprouting broccoli. Um, you can have your different styles of broccoli or purple sprouting broccolis or tender stem broccolis for uh, easily 11 months of the year in varying quantities. But you can you can supply your kitchen. Yeah. And the same with the likes of Jerusalem artichokes. Instead of getting them from your wholesaler for four weeks and four weeks in the year, you could have them say for four months in the year. Fabulous. Um, so I believe by eating in season, um, it's just it's just better for the body. It's it's better. You're more grounded. Um, in the summertime, you're 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 cooler. In the wintertime, you can be warmer. Well, for me, for instance, because I work outside. Um, it's it's very relevant to eating season. Um, now for people maybe working inside an office, um, not as much. Um, so, but um, I think we a lot of people have lost the ability to eat in season, or they it hasn't been passed down to them, yeah. or they just they just assume that it can be got at any given time of the year from anywhere in the world. Yeah. 
And one thing that I loved about uh, your sign, so I had a fabulous tour of the farm today. We went up and down the drills. I saw where you packed all your organic produce that you send out and we talk about that as well. But in there, you showed me one of your signs and a tagline from that is uh, grown here, not flown here. That, that's true. And yeah. that lends beautifully to eating in the seasons. And if you're lucky enough to have a wall garden, how fantastic. But if you don't, thank God we have people like you who are able to give that to us. Yeah, and it's perfectly kind of relevant now because with with the cost of um, the cost of fuel and the 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 environmental global warming crisis, um, <clears throat> so we have a perfect climate here for growing a lot a lot of these temperate crops. You know, like like the likes of Cavallo Nero, the, the the Italian black kale, it grows better here in an Irish climate than it does back in Italy or or in the Mediterranean, one of the Mediterranean countries. Yeah. So, um, like I'm growing winter squash, I'm growing um, winter squash and pumpkins and summer squash and courgettes. And Quite a varied, varied um, style yeah. in that, which is lovely, so the variety. Yeah, like I, mean, I grow um, at least 40 different types of veg here and that's not even getting into each individual variety. Yeah. Like within that type. So. We have a we genuinely have a good climate in this country for growing a lot of these 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 food crops that are imported uh, can be grown on site and it's more relevant now as I was saying than before because of mm. the cost of fuel the cost of logistics um and the yeah so it's just it just makes more sense now than ever yeah to do it yourself if you can. But also, I love the idea of hiring the expertise, which is you. So hiring the expertise so that you bypass any of the pitfalls because it's a daunting exercise for a business to go down this road that don't have the experience behind them. So you get to bring them through the journey. You get them to where they need to be faster as a result of your expertise. Isn't that fair to say? Yeah, that, like that's true. Um, the like you offer so much advice. Yeah, like when, like when, like when I when I go to a wall garden or go to a, a country house hotel, um, you know, you look at the, the the available land that's there, and you decide, and then with the workforce, like who's who's going to physically do the the work, and then decide whether whether you grow one or two crops, or you grow five crops or more. And very often, I would interview the the chef or chef owner. And I would ask them to pick maybe a maximum of five, five vegetable types mm. and explain to me why you'd like these to be grown on site. Um, because very often you get carried away with growing so much variety and, you know, before you know it, you're up on 25 different veg types. And the idea is to keep the continuity of supply going into the kitchen, because if vegetables, if you have it one week, you don't have the next week and the, it's just too frustrating for the chefs to to to, to plan menus. Yeah. Whereas if you have a if you have say three superstar crops, say maybe it would be beetroot, spinach, say broccoli, and you say right, we we never buy in these crops. These are available for ten, eleven, twelve months of the year, uh, coming from outdoors and maybe possibly indoors as well. That we have these and then. With the other crops, then it's a bit of fun, you know. You might pop in and out of the menus, and it's not taken as seriously as the as the the superstar crops, as we say, the the 
the ones that you pick and um that are stable they're 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 stable and they could be they could be built into signature dishes yeah and it just makes it so much easier for the people in the kitchen because they say well we'll have it every week we 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 pick it we will we will have it picked for us twice a week yeah and it arrives into the back door of the kitchen uh washed uh, prepped graded um sorry i shouldn't say prepped it comes in it comes in uh washed and graded and ready to go and we don't have to think about it it just it just happens it just yeah becomes part of the course it's like magic it, arri <laughs> it arrives into the back back door of the kitchen and yeah. it, it's it's grown on site and um and then there, there's great room for collaboration with other local growers isn't there so what they can do for themselves is terrific they're hero ingredients on their menu um they know how long they're going to have them throughout the year so it's easy to plan and forecast ahead and then the gaps are filled so you, you are in a position where your produce here, you fill many gaps for so many amazing businesses mm. for between Wicklow, Kildare, Dublin, where you are entering into their back door with an array of colourful produce that fills those gaps. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but like, like it is possible to grow it all on site. Um, like I know if, if you're a bit undermanned, uh, like, it, uh, sorry, if you don't have the staff on site to do it, I would recommend maybe just specialising in salads because they're very perishable and it makes sense to have them on the plates within an hour of picking. Yeah. So you could say grow your head lettuce, your, your spicy leaves, your mixed leaves. And you could incorporate even salad rocket and spinach. Um, you could, eat, you, you could do baby leaf spinach or you could do the, the larger um, leaf beets, um, spinach um, and focus on them crops. Yeah. And then, as you were saying, yeah, you could get you could find a good a good grower of organic carrots and parsnips in the area yeah. and he could supply the remaining um, veg like a lot of the root crops. And you made a great example earlier. So when the salad leaves are at their best, they are terrific. And so to go on the plate quickly and send out is the most beautiful thing to have on a plate. And you also said, so when they're gone, it's to consider that robust um, root law of some description where those hero ingredients that are now coming onto the menu do the work for you. So the least amount of um, excess ingredients required because the flavour is there. Yeah, that's true. You see the, the the handful of mixed leaves on the plate, it's just so convenient and, and, and it, it goes a long way. I find so, like some chefs rely on that too much. And then when we come into this time of year where you, you don't have the same volume of mixed leaves because the growth You've, you've moved past the 21st of June, midsummer, so so the growing is slowing down. And so, like you say to them, listen, you, you we don't have the mixed leaves. And then they're kind of in shock, they're like, yeah, hey, you'd have to buy mixed leaves. We, we, can, we can't buy it from Italy. We just... So you say, have you considered, like, as you say, doing the, the roots law, like a grated beetroot, carrot, uh, maybe fennel. Yeah, delicious. And... Um, like then, then of course, they, the creative juices start coming out and they put on their thinking caps. And, and it's like, because as I say, um, from what I see, a lot of kitchens, they become so reliant on the handful of mixed leaves yeah. that um, that's considered like the salad. Whereas maybe years ago in the wintertime, we'd have a robust, yeah. even the likes of kale, like as I say, carrots, beetroot, fennel, um, coleslaw, cabbage, that Dutch cabbage and fantastic for the gut. Mm. You know any of that, and then you could do your sauerkraut and um, yeah. like all of that because pickling and fermenting. Absolutely yeah, terrific. and I know the restaurants that I work with this time of year now we're heading for mid 
mid-September. They very often they change from a chicken Caesar salad that they have on the menu possibly for the whole season. Yeah. And then now the chicken Caesar salad, um, that morphs or change into very often a, a leek, a chicken leek pie. Yeah, love it. <laughs> so as the weather changes, the menu changes. Yeah. With it. Well, you, you said this earlier, so you've got your cooling dishes and then you've got your warming dishes. So that's the perfect example. So the Caesar salad is your cooling dish during those summer months. So uh, paying tribute to those hero ingredients when they're at their best. Yeah. And then during winter, it's paying tribute to those hero ingredients where they're more warming. So again, well, back the, to... the, like the, the likes of leeks, I haven't started my leeks here now yet, but I will be starting in, in a week or so. Yeah. So, so you're 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 actually changing from from cooling from 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 a cooling food to a warming food. Yeah. And it just makes so much sense when you do this because you're, well, especially for people that that are doing working outside, especially because you're you're like this time of year or going into middle of winter. If I had say, if I had pineapple and melon or something, and then went outside to to work, I'd be I just yeah. wouldn't feel right. I think. Yeah. My whole body would be can't cold. give you what you need. It'd be cold. Uh, I'd feel I wouldn't be grounded. I, I'd be. It would be. It feel like a bit like after drinking three cups of coffee or something. I just wouldn't. Um, yeah. I'd be. It'd have no benefit to you in your body. Yeah. Whereas, means... whereas in the middle of winter, I like a good hearty stew. Yeah. Uh, like a good lamb stew or that, and you know you're set up then for for the day. Yeah. Uh, you have that for lunch. I generally eat big during lunchtime. Yeah. I think that was the old fashioned way, wasn't it, Tracy? Yeah. Back in the day, like the farmers had, had had the dinner in the middle of the day. Yes. And um, it was usually around 12.30 we had dinner. Yeah. And then they'd go out and do finish off the day's work. And then in the evening time, you'd have a lighter. Yes. Uh, tea, as we, we'd call it. And it's probably healthy for the body, you know. You're not going to bed with a, with a full stomach. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and you utilise the energy that it gives you. Yeah, which, that's, is, which is the purpose of great food, isn't it? That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, and um, but um, yeah, and I think it's like when you are eating in season, you're you're actually connecting with the fundamental energies of nature, of the earth, of the seasons. I love that. Like rather than traveling around in the bubble of convenience and yes. distractions, like my smartphone, for instance, yeah. <laughs> my number one distraction. Um, yes. But. For me to have my head stuck in the smartphone rather than going out and picking an apple off a tree. Yeah. Um, it, going out and picking an apple off a tree and, and coming up with some, some ideas. Yeah. Uh, it's going to do more for me than uh, sc scrolling through uh, Facebook. <laughs> as I, I look at Facebook here in front of me as we... As we Shame speak. on you. But... Um, <laughs> So, um, but again, it's back to the connection and grounding, isn't it? So feeding your gut, feeding your body to feed your brain, um, eating with the seasons does all of that. It, it certainly does with me anyway. I just feel more grounded. I feel better in myself if yeah. I'm eating within the seasons. Um, and it's just you're making a connection with, like even for instance, like the, we were looking at the blackberries there earlier on the bush. Yeah. Like to go out and pick some of them blackberries and make a pie out of it. Yeah. It's just that whole... That whole, um, what's the word I'm for? That whole ritual almost. Yes, yes. Oh, how lovely. That, the way it used to be and the way it must be. Yeah. I mean, we have a bit of a disconnect at the minute. I think that's safe to say for, for a number of people, not everyone, of course. Yeah. But, but there is a disconnect But there. that whole ritual of going out and <clears throat> going out with, you, with your little bucket or your tub of water. Yeah. And the, like, very often, like, people 
sensory. It's sensory, and you'll always go for the biggest, shiniest blackberry <laughs> on top of the you bush. You yourself. And that's, we're, we're, we're just inbuilt. That's just intuition. Like, yeah. we go for the biggest, shiniest. And then that's the reason why when people go to the supermarket, yeah. they can't help themselves by when they're picking fruit or... Yes. They go for the wax, clean, yes. spotless orange and lemon and all the rest. I think that's just inbuilt into us. Yeah. Um, we were told that's how you live well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So... The that whole ritual, you, you know, people assume because I grow vegetables, I I don't eat meat. Yeah. And my Twitter handle is Veggie Guy. Yes. And so I even like the ritual. I don't do so much now, but of going out and shooting a rabbit, just yeah. one rabbit, bring it home, skinning it. Yeah. And cooking up a rabbit stew. Yeah. That ritual from start to finish. Yeah, where uh, you're involved in every step. Yeah, it's just nice to be in touch with that. I think maybe a lot of people haven't lost that hunter-gatherer instinct. Yeah. And it's just nice to do it from start to finish. Um, no, I wouldn't be going out shooting randomly every rabbit in the place. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, of course, they were eating my veggies. <laughs> well, we did see um, traces of them, but luckily on the, on the right side. Right, we haven't they're on the side. right side. On the right side of the... We have they're an, kept out. We have an electric fence now, so I don't have to... <laughs> Going out with a shotgun and, and uh, <laughs> but um, but I really like that that whole ritual of um, yeah. foraging and bringing it home and coming up with a recipe and well it's engaging in every sense isn't it all of your senses are engaged when you do something like that isn't and it? it's at that particular time of the year that you've done this yeah and people remember that yeah yeah do you remember the time we don't pick the blackberries do you remember when, the, when we yeah. made the pie how beautiful it was. Yes. So yeah, here's yeah. a question for anyone listening. And it's pure nostalgia for a lot of people. That's what I was going to say. Here's they the say, question. My granny, I used to do that with my granny. With <laughs> my granny. We used to go and pick blackberries and we used to... Yeah. Um, the, 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 you, you know, it sticks in people's minds. It, it's really profound and, and it's, it shouldn't be taken lightly. Well, can we get anyone who has a Twitter account to go on Twitter and share their favourite memory that is uh, full of nostalgia, whether it be with a parent, a grandparent, a family member, a friend from when they were quite young, where they did something ritualistic like that and they tag you. So what's your Twitter handle? It's at Veggie Guy. At Veggie Guy. Uh, at veggie and so guy. share their story because that's exactly what we need to get back to, isn't I, it? I think we need to get back to that. Uh, and people, I got a hint to that maybe during COVID, where people yes. were spending time in their gardens. Yes, agreed. And they did appreciate nature and they were, they were having holidays at home and you know, out to the Iron Islands and I lived out there for a couple of years and they, a lot of Irish people were blown away by the beauty yeah. of the, once you get out of Corona, back to the cliffs and the, the it's just the, the wildness of it. So um, it's just, yeah, to, and that's the reason I think people love gardening because they're making that connection with the, with nature, but also the seasons yeah. um, at that particular time of year. Yeah, and the reward. The reward the, to pick your own and the, to eat from your own garden and to know where food comes from. I think that transparency. Yeah, that the like I get I get a lot of people here and that's what the, the whole nostalgia. They, they they come and they want to grow vegetables or they want to set up a growing business. And very often it's like, oh, I grew up on a farm or when we were younger, we, we, we used to grow vegetables and we used to sell it beside the road, potatoes. And now, yes. now there's... Um, uh, I have some money to invest now. I'd like to get back to that, you know? Yeah. I have a memory where I used to sell our 
we've um, uh, apple trees, we had all sorts of things growing up. Very, very lucky. I live in a city centre, but we had a beautiful garden. And uh, I have a memory of myself and my brother, Kelvin, um, sitting on the front doorstep at 82 John Street in Kilkenny, selling our Bramley apples from the garden. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So wonderful. That, yeah, no, no, there's, there's a lot to it, all right. There's, um, well, I've been growing for, Jesus, well over uh, 20 years, more than that, actually. But um, <laughs> What's the so, truth? So, so What's I have, the truth? So I have them. <laughs> so I bought this place here three three years ago, this farm. Yeah. And as I say, I've been touring around the country the last, oh, 20, 20 years. I'm doing wall gardens and kitchen gardens. and. Yeah. So the idea is I'm bringing all this knowledge home to the home farm here. Yes. And I'm going to start, sometime in the future, I'm going to start running courses. Yeah. So instead of me going out in my van, around my machines and two-wheel tractors and tools and that touring around, I'd expect people to come here to yeah. learn. To the living example. Yes. Isn't it? So and I love that, bringing it all back home. Bringing it all back home. That is absolutely magical. So the, the idea is um, to have it like a model like like a model a model farm a model growing area where there's an opening for people to want to grow from say well from anywhere from like a quarter acre or even smaller even from like a, a window box yeah quarter acre up to five acres ten acres twenty acres uh, or more the farm here is ten acres of vegetables in total and I have a couple of tractors and machines and. So it'll be a demonstration farm with different systems in place. Because my, my background was conventional was conventional farming. I'm certified organic here. But my father, we had the farm in and It was over 100 acres of, of uh, conventional veg. But back in the day, and um, back in the day, it was cabbage, carrots, parsnips, Brussels sprouts. We, we didn't grow potatoes. And um, that produce went then to my mother's business, which was the wholesale... She had a wholesale bank, used to call it a bank or a stand in the wholesale market in Dublin. Uh, it's beside Smithfield, what people call it Smithfield. Well, yeah. It's just off Cable Street there. And my parents met in the market in Dublin. So I have the growing on my father's side and the, oh. the wholesaling on my mother's side. So um, so we have the, the farm at Clendalkin. He used to drive the cabbage in. He used to pull the cabbage. Well, back then it was physically pulled out of the ground. Yes. Pulled out of the ground, roots and all, soil on the roots, and it was just tied together in bunches of 12. And the piles of cards were, were tossed up onto a trailer. And uh, that was before plastic, you know. Then the idea of putting cabbage into a plastic bag came God. in the 1970s. Take that anyway. So, um, but it was all loose. It was all loose. It was tied together yeah. in roots and all. The way it needs the, to be the, again. The, the, the roots and stems all facing inwards. Yes. So, um, and then, the, you, you know, the markets, they be full of soil, you know, they're, yeah. they're all this really good topsoil was collected and, and taken away to gardens in Crumlin and different places. Brilliant. But, um, no waste. No waste. It was very, very um, environmentally friendly and recycling just came naturally. And, and even then, even then we had the pigmen coming in. Yeah. We had the pigmen coming in and they used to have their, their originally, well, back in the day it was horses and carts, but then it was um, usually pickup trucks. And they'd come in and collect the waste veg. Yeah. Any veg that was gone over. And then apparently there was, there was pig yards in Dublin City. Yeah. 
So um, it was when you think about it, ate actually, very well. Yeah, the um, circular economy then. Yeah, it was circular yeah. economy. That was before regulation, and yeah. I suppose life was simpler then. Yeah, in in a way, but so but anyway, getting back to the the veg, my dad grew back in the seventies and up until the mid eighties, and then there was a shift happened. Um, it was very traditional, I would say. Well, I call it traditional Irish veg. I'd say it was the cabbage, uh, cabbage, carrots, parsnips. Sweet turnips, you love sweet turnips. The reason you did sweet turnips because it was the one veg, the one and only vegetable that's not imported into Ireland. Oh. You might get a few, it might come across from Scotland, but that's very rare if you got yeah. really hard weather. But it's the one and only vegetable that's not imported into Ireland. Carrots are imported, cabbage is imported, cauliflower oh is imported. Goodness. So he knew that it was a reasonably steady market. Yeah. That the price didn't fluctuate too much. Oh, brilliant move. It didn't appear glamorous, you know, sweet turnips. Yeah. Why would you go sweet turnips? Because, you know, you, you like with ages, the prices used to fluctuate from season to season. Um, so he never got involved in growing potatoes. But now on my farm here, um, I only grow cabbage for fun. Yeah. Like back, back, Very good. back in the day, my mother's vegetable business was a cabbage stand. Yeah. It brought us through education and paid all the bills. Incredible. She, she did over... 600 dozen bags of cabbage every Friday and, and she might and the Saturday morning then she'd open say up until 11 and she might do another 150 or more so it was basically um it was such an important crop it was so important they used to call it the cabbage market um, um so but on the farm here I do very little cabbage I just do it just to keep the tradition going love it how very just lovely. to do it yeah and for a bit of fun how much yeah. fun can you have growing cabbage <laughs> Well, you can with those stories, yeah, with your history. But so I, 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 but what I do grow is very much Mediterranean-inspired veg. I do summer and winter squash. Yeah. I, I don't do pumpkins, but I do winter squash. Um, I grow cavolo neros. I grow all the different kinds of kales. I grow bro broccolini. I grow romanescos. Um, all the different kinds of Sicilian cauliflowers. Um, and then tomatoes, padron peppers, uh, cucumbers, um, chimichurri, all these unusual. Um, it's it's very much a niche. It's very much a niche. Um, so so with that being said, it is very much niche and delicious and incredible. Who are your clients for this produce here? So I'm looking at the window and I can see all of these, all of this amazing produce that you're in charge of. Who's your client? Well, it, uh, well, where does it go? Well, to, well, to, to, traditionally, I was going for restaurants um, since, since, since I spent my time out in the Iron Islands. Uh, I was going for the seafood restaurants out there, so I started with a lot of salad crops. But at the moment, at the moment, I, I supply a lot of artisan shops. Yeah. Um, like our, our artisan shops around the country, and um, I supply restaurants. Yeah, I get a lot of Michelin star restaurants and just well restaurants in general. Yeah, they drive out from Dublin. A lot of them come out uh, once a week to pick up the supply of edge. Yeah, and it's a win-win because if they prefer to drive out, I'll give them wholesale prices. Yes, yeah. oh very because good. Because I, you know, I couldn't possibly if I was to be driving, driving in doing too many deliveries. I'd spend less time on the land here doing what I should be doing is growing yeah. good quality. <laughs> Produce. 
So, um, <clears throat> so we get a lot of, I'm only an hour from Dublin. Yeah, a great win win for, them, just for in, them to get out of the kitchen, for them to have space, head space as well, and then for them to connect with the soil. Like it's a really beautiful. It's, actually, it's funny you should say that. Yeah, yeah. We, so the, I'm off, I'm just here in South Kildare, just five minutes from the M9, just, just outside Kilcullen. Yeah. And um, a lot of the chefs, funny enough, you should say that, when they come out, they do a lot of foraging. Yeah. They do a lot of foraging either on the farm here or on the way out, but they never tell me where. Yeah. It's top secret, apparently. <laughs> oh. So they arrive in the, the back of the car, they have all these uh, unusual, what's the, uh, the mushrooms, all yeah. these, um, um, what's the fancy names, the morels and chanterelles. Chanterelles yeah. and what, whatever these unusual mushrooms. Exotic. Exotic mushrooms, <laughs> because... <clears throat> They probably do a detour through Wicklow and oh my god, how brilliant! And then when they come to the farm here, they're picking the elderberries, they're picking the the fennel pollen, yeah. the blackberries, elderberries. We have wild, um, we have wild amazons and sloes. Oh, out on, out on the laneway here, yeah. And we have crab apple. I'll give you a jar of crab apple, Tracy. Yeah. Uh, crab apple jelly. Lovely. Crab apple jelly with a hint of uh, clove in it. No, I didn't make it. I'd given up giving cook a cookery. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have time for cookery. I don't even give cookery tips now. Very often I've been at an event, people say, how do I cook that? Or, or uh, yeah. whatever, winter squash or whatever. And so I haven't a clue. Yeah. They find it hilarious. That's <laughs> well, I'm just the grower, right? Oh. And then you're surrounded by chefs. So they're, why are you asking me? Ask him. Ask yeah. course. <laughs> but they find it hilarious. They think because mm. I grow things that I, I know how to, how to cook. Or... Yeah. But... Um, so anyway, it's very much Mediterranean inspired, and my tagline is uh, "grown here, not flown here." Yeah, yeah. So, and so the, the people that you supply to, you're not going to drop any names, nor am I. But they're they're fabulous businesses, and I know so many of them. And I would go there because of the quality that they have in house. So it's really quite lovely to think all of these like minded people find you. Yeah, like the like, and as I say, well, I have a chat coming on Monday actually. From is it Monday or Tuesday? Yeah, he's coming on Monday. Monday is a kind of chat coming up in Dublin on Monday afternoon. If you're listening, hi. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> the um, yeah, so it's it 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 really worked well. And then there's talk about maybe chefs taking turns when they yeah. come out. They do oh. every second second or third week. Yeah. And um, and one, the education one, from that alone. Yeah, one of my chefs has a nice van now. So, um, but anyway, it's really interesting the way they do the foraging on the way out. Yeah. So and, and then when they come to the farm, then they say, can we have a few of the cooking apples? I'll just throw in yeah. a few cooking apples, pick them yourself, off you go. And as yeah. you say, they make that connection with the, with, with the, with the weather, with the season, with the time yeah. of year. And they're seeing what's there for the next visit, which is quite lovely. And even they probably get to meet you and have a chat with you, which helps them get creative with, with the next couple of weeks with their menu. No, it's really, and having the, as you say, having the chat, like when I go around to a lot of these artisan uh, shops I supply, you know, you always have five minutes for a bit of a chat. Yeah. And, um, you know, very often that, that's missing, you know, within these, these small artisan shops. Yeah. Like the, we don't have as many pubs as we had in the past. Um, so having these community shops in the centre oh. of villages and towns. Yes. Where people can come in and buy their their bits and pieces and have a bit of a chat. Yeah. If it's only about the weather, as we're particularly good at in this country talking about the weather, have a bit of a chat, find out the local gossip, 
buy their bits and pieces and and it's just it's a service yeah it's a it's not just a food service but it's a social community service yeah for people they come in and have a chat and find out what's going on in the area yeah because as I say pubs used to fulfill that role yeah and I know cafes do I suppose but very often these because you don't have that um that um What's the word? That bond so much when you go into a supermarket. Yeah, yeah. Like you know what I mean. You yeah. you go in, you you buy your 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 groceries. You don't talk to anyone. Yeah, you don't really talk to anyone, and I think I, I think like it's it's a necessary. I don't know. I find it very fulfilling on my way around when I'm doing my drops, my veg drops. Yeah. Like you'd always find something interesting to hear or to say or. Yes. Can I can I mention one place because we've a lot in common. I get on brilliantly with them and he's a really good friend of mine. Can yeah, I mention ahead, Doyle's, Doyle's Grocers? Like Dominic Doyle, isn't he such a terrific, terrific character? And when you're talking about that, that connection um, and being able to be in the company of a community um, inspired business, that's what I think of. Like Doyle's Grocers, Dominic, what a terrific guy. Yeah, no, no. And, and like he's a young, he's a young, well, a young guy. I'm not exactly ancient myself, but he's, what yeah. is he, in his late, early 20s, mid 20s? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even know what to age yeah, he, on, but I'd probably, yeah. But, and for a young guy like that to take on oh, this, yeah. this artisan shop. Yeah. And, um, and he's so passionate. So he, passionate. He, he's about so it. passionate and witty. <laughs> yeah, witty, yeah. Dominic Doyle is witty. He's a great sense of humour. And, um, yeah. But, you know, it's fantastic. You, you know, the, do you want to mention the range of food stuffs he has apart from vegetables? Yeah, I know he deals with a lot of Irish producers, artisan again, producers from scratch, real deal, family run businesses, because him himself, he's from a family run business. So he brings all of that with him, doesn't he? He brings that, that heritage with him. Yeah. Like even myself, like growing up in the fruit and veg market in Dublin. Yeah. Just being with my dad, going around to all the shops and being in the market, you know, you pick up, you pick, you, yeah. like you, you just pick You're it a up. Sponge. Like like you pick it up unconsciously. Um, yeah. And you know the the whole wheeling and dealing and the markets were like that. The markets were a very social place. Yeah. Uh, like any kind of market, you know, be it the English market. We're only looking at coverage there. The Queen, the 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 late Queen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that whole of course, when that, she was over. Yeah. That whole trip to the 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 English market in Cork. Um. Was was such an it seems to be an iconic part of her trip. Yes. So um, but so it, it it's really really um crucial to keep a business like that. I believe would I be right in saying that was an old butcher shop? Yes, I think so. And it's right in the smack dead in the centre of the square there in Ballymore yeah. Valley, Valley which yes. apparently is on the Kildare Wicklow border. Is that right? Yes, I think I so. Yeah, I should know this, but I'm yeah. new, new enough to the area. But it's really heartening to see to see to see this guy uh, taking on such a, and it's it, it, it's such an important facet of it's really really fantastic for rural Ireland to support these yes. these small independent businesses. Like I would say to people, if they're looking for look for a hammer and nail screws or to get that handle on their spade, bring it down to the local hardware. Yeah, the local independent hardware. Yeah, and. Um, the experience but, you will have as a result yeah, of doing no, that. And it's real feel good as it well. It supports these small businesses. Yeah. Rather than, it's okay, go to the large independent agricultural. Um, yeah, the larger conglomerates. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, consider a thought for the, the, yeah. the, the smaller independent corner corner hardware store or grocer or, or yeah. 
you know, they mightn't have the same range of uh, produce as the larger superstores. Yeah. But they certainly could do with the business. Yeah. I love that because if we think about the essence of the business is bringing lots of people together under one roof, isn't it? And it's direct to source. It's taken out the middlemen, which is absolutely lovely. So it's an alignment thing. It's a value thing. And it's real deal from scratch. And that is what we need to be all about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. At the best of times. Yeah, that, no, that's that's like a like it's heartening to see these these old pubs and shops and butcher shops being being re what you would say re refitted as as um a small scale green grocers or artisan food shops or I like the idea of having like a a health food store slash vegetable yeah. because I know in the past it would be like a green grocer, a fruit and veg shop. Yes. But the way things are gone, maybe you have to diversify into say. Yeah. So well, you see, sauces being a huge thing in Ireland, aren't what's they? What's that? Sauces and dips. Irish produce sauces <clears throat> and dips in butchers as well make perfect sense. The accompaniment. Yeah, the accompaniment. So it's like the the like in in like wintertime they could be doing takeaway soups and have a health food store and yeah. have your veg section. So it's all combined in one. Um, whereas in the past, before large scale um, supermarkets, you could survive with just a fruit and veg shop. Yeah. But now people have to think outside the box more and say, can we offer like a whole food section? Yes. Can we offer like a a a soup bar or a one stop shop? Like like a like a smoothie counter. Yeah. Like in summertime they do the smoothies and the juices, and then in the wintertime they can offer takeaway soups. And also use the organic veg, which has been sold in within the within yeah. the premises. Yeah. So first do these and for soups. Yeah, well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, love so, it. So that's it, Tracy. I, yeah, brilliant, Dermot. Well, look at I love the idea. Uh, Ballincarry Farms. It's bringing it all back home, and that's where you're at now. Yeah, absolutely that, terrific. That's right. It's, I'm, I'm spending less time on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I have some great stories. How rewarding is that <clears throat> for you? Yeah. Well, it's good, but I I don't know. It's got it. After spending a lot of time driving, um, driving around in my van, and I just it's grand. I want to do less driving. I suppose. Yeah. If you've done it, you've done it, and then yeah. there's a um, time and a place, and it's worked beautifully till now, isn't that it? Yeah, it's worked great, and uh, I got to stay in some wonderful big old country houses and castles, yeah. and especially when you're driving from one project to the next. Yeah. Um. I found that really interesting. Yeah. Like it could be on the road for a week or more. Yeah. And you might you like you might start you you might drive to Ballina and then you'd be in you'd be down the road in Foxford and then then you'd end up end up in Donegal and then a few days later you'd be back down in Waterford and, and um you Seeing know the country completely differently to everyone else. And of course at the time you're you're free and single. And yeah. what else would you be doing? Yeah. <laughs> And on a grand evening, sure, you might as well be out on the road uh, looking yeah. looking at the, the flowering elderflowers and yeah. you know these beautiful summer evenings. Yeah. Uh, you'd be travelling on to the next project. Yeah. So it could be upsetting up a, a kitchen garden. Very exciting, isn't it? Up in Mayo and You spend a few days up there. Yeah. And you might get, you know, you get really well fed, you could be on the road then. <laughs> You, you, you could be on the road down at half nine and you'd yeah. be driving from there. You could be, I've often done five and a half hours yeah. from there down to Waterford. Yes, yes, yes. And you spend a few days in Waterford and then you'd head up to Sligo then. You spend another few days in Sligo. And I kind of, I like that because you're moving yeah. on to the next project. Yeah. But I, I, as I get on a bit in, in, in years a bit, the idea of commuting back and forward, yeah. I find a bit tedious. Yeah. Now, if I was to drive from, from the farm here in South Kildare into Dublin, 
and then commute back five days a week. I wouldn't, it would drive me batty. Yeah. It would drive me batty. Even one or two days a week does me. Yeah. If I'm working in Dublin or working out. out Making it work. Off the M50. Yeah. I don't mind doing it my tw- twice a week. Yeah. Driving. But um, just commuting back and forth. Coming the same way. That's yeah. very often I like to do a detour. I don't like <laughs> re- retracing my tracks. Yeah. So, but I did enjoy actually traveling from one project to the next. Yeah, I suppose back in the back in the day, you had these these seasonal kind of spalpings, but they followed the work around. Yeah, but I worked on a lot of the a lot of the major major kitchen gardens from, as I say, from 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 Kerry Limerick right up along the western seaboard, all the way up to, to um, up to Harry's there and on the Inishon Peninsula. Yeah, wow. Um, it was really really interesting setting them up initially and then staying on as a consulting. And then, um, yeah, but it's good to bring it all back home then. Yeah, where they can all now come to you. Yeah. How very fantastic is that? So um, so bringing all this knowledge back home then and sharing it. Yeah. To I get a lot of students to come here and they stay they stay on the farm. Yeah. Um, I get students from this particular season. I had a lot of students from France. Yeah. I got the, they, a lot of the college students, they do... Usually a month away or a yeah. couple of weeks away, as part of their training. Mm-hmm. So I had students from I had students from France, I had students from Germany, and I had some students from England, uh, but mainly from France this season. And it, it was fun, fantastic, and it's sure it's great to get the invite. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've holiday sorted. I've, I've invites, loads of invites back back to France, and um, that was awful. And, and the interesting thing, a lot, a lot, a lot of these, like a lot of these students that come over, one, one particular young lady, she was going back to take over her father's 400 acre farm. Yeah. In France. I love it. And it was very mechanised. And I was saying to her, how does your father feel about you coming and working on a small holding of, of just under 10 acres of vegetables? Yeah. And um, like you were saying, back home, it's just your, it's just your father and one other part-time wow. guy on four hundred acres. Oh my god! How does he feel? How does he feel about you coming and almost working on a peasant farm in Ireland? <laughs> he said, "Go, go and do it for a month, and you'll be running back here, and you'll be back, you'll be back in no time for for a bit of comfort." Because, like she did ask me, um, the, the machine harvester, or we do all the harvesting here by hand. Yeah. So. Um, but she said, no, 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 her father was totally up for us. That. So it was a big arable. Um, they, they, they did corn, wheat, potatoes. Yeah. Um, uh, barley, I think. I'm not too sure. Maybe oats. Um, but uh, she was really good addition to the place. Really serious, really focused. So we get, we get people from the horticultural colleges, uh, from, from the likes of Kildalton and colleges, um, like on the continent, as we're saying, yeah. but we try and we try and aim for them kind of people that you know that they're it's they're, not value. Yeah, they're really focused in on learning this particular. Yeah, you know because you do get and as well as learning their English and learning about another culture. Yeah, sometimes you get people and the, the strong point is coming to a, an English speaking country and learning the the language. Yes, but then they wouldn't have a lot of interest or um, knowledge about the actual. The actual growing yeah. of the of the vegetables. Yeah. So as much as possible, we, we try and we try and uh, encourage. Yeah. Um, p- p- people that want a really intensive. Um, 
Yeah, who want to upskill. Upskill. Yeah. And then, as I say, this young lady was going back to take over her father's farm. Yeah. And um, to add value to themselves and add value to your business. It's not it. It's mutually uh, reciprocated. Yeah, that's right. And the one thing, um, it's a two way thing and it very much is based on trust and, and yeah. you, you, you know, your exchange of knowledge. And the one thing that she, she, she the reason why she wanted to come to the Ballancarry farm is she had an interest in unusual vegetable types. Yeah. So she, she was fascinated about the likes of kohlrabi and, oh. you know, there was, the, herself was here and there was the two Italian, there was an Italian couple and he was an amazing cook, chef. And they taught me a thing or two about courgette flowers and deep fried courgette flowers and how oh, to make, how to make pesto. And so they an interest in like the kohlrabi, the sfigarello, the broccolinis, the um, well, I had an interest in that because I was learning from this Italian couple. Yeah. Um, I was growing it and they were teaching me how to cook it. Brilliant. But... Um, Spigar Spigarello. Sp Spigarello. We're trying... Spigarello. It's delicious. It's, you, well, you got me to taste it. it. It's called leaf broccoli. Yeah. Now, it's no relation... It, it, like, you don't get a broccoli head from the plant. But it's the first year to grow it, so we're getting good feedback from the chefs. Yeah. So if... if if it's worthwhile, we we carry on growing it. If there's only yeah. a limited uptake, we would just take her off the list because uh, I suppose you have to be a bit trial and error. You have to be a bit ruthless. Um, yeah. But the yeah, as I say, the the um, so I it's looking like it's going to be a, a kind of an educational center. Yeah. For people that want to get into small scale, or maybe you shouldn't use the your small scale like vegetable growing from say one acre up to ten acres or more. Yeah. So it's either with, with hand tools or... Um, Starting with the basics, isn't that it? And bringing them on the journey. You start with the basics, but we also have two um, 48 horsepower tractors and all the implements. I'm bringing in implements from Holland. And um, I've, I've got a lot of... I've acquired a lot of uh, equipment for the tractors. Yeah. Since... Um, so since I bought the farm here three years ago, and we've one large polytunnel um, at, at the moment, but it just goes to show what can be produced yeah. in, in Ireland. Um, and there seems to be a focus on looking at crops that can be grown in Ireland rather than this whole importation, um, which I suppose we, we can't, uh, we just can't continue in the same level at the volume at, 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 at them volumes um yeah. when there's no reason why it can be grown and very often it can be grown better here yes but um so. but there is there's a time and a place isn't it for that the for importing and it's uh it is to see what we can do ourselves well here and then complement yeah and if, as i say as we were alluding to earlier if we eat in season yeah if we eat more in season, there's no need to be importing the volumes that we're importing. Yeah. You, you know, I, I was I was talking to a client there, a new client on board, and she was just telling me that they can serve, or they were serving in the past, um, parsnips for 12 months of the year, parsnips and carrots for, yeah. for 12 months of the year. And I didn't realise you could get parsnips. Well, mind you, I don't know whether they're Irish parsnips or not, but... Um, the idea of eating parsnips in, say, July, which yeah. is totally the other spectrum as regards the seasonality, just seems bizarre to me. But um, it just if we do eat in season, there's no need to be bringing in. There's no need to be importing. But you can't blame people because 
people there's no there's no um there's very little i learned from my parents or just being out in the country you, you just you just pick whatever was in was in your was whatever was growing on the farm we just yeah. used or whatever was brought into my mother's wholesale business in dublin yeah um she she didn't she didn't deal in imported um she didn't deal in imported produce she she wasn't in a position to to import import produce um so it was all came from the farmers in north county dublin mainly yeah brilliant um so it was a simpler way of um of 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 doing things keep keep keeping it within the yeah keeping within uh, a radius yeah, like within the radius. On on my website, Dermot, I might get you to have a look at it. On my website, under my story, so tracydaily.com, I have a kitchen seasonal calendar for um, for production kitchens. So if you're in a kitchen and you don't know what to look at, but I need you to have a look at it because obviously it has grown and changed and you have produce out there that I haven't even considered. But something like that in the kitchen, how valuable is that to have that reflection piece of, okay, we're going into this month's, um, let's see what's on offer potentially and making that work for you. Isn't that a great tool for all kitchens? No, that's fantastic. And I know Fair Play to Board Bia, Board Bia have an excellent calendar. Yeah. In my mind, it's it's a pretty accurate. And um, I I actually got them to post out uh, a couple of dozen copies of them. Yeah. There's an excellent uh, chart uh, of what's in season of yeah. Irish produce. Yeah. And I was just saying that if... if like you were saying, if every every kitchen, every hotel kitchen, every restaurant kitchen, every every kitchen in the country, even the households, had this on their wall oh, or yeah. close by, especially a restaurant kitchen, had it there for the younger, yeah. the junior chefs, yeah, as a guide. Now you're not saying you have to follow it rigorously, but yeah, for the sake of keeping people in livelihoods, keeping growers, keeping farmers, yeah. well, keep, well, it's, it's based yeah. around fruit and veg, yeah, because the. I, I don't know whether the it's high on the curriculum of the chefs as they've been they, they go through the culinary colleges the, the catering schools. It doesn't seem to be. Yeah, I think it, it I, more depends on what kitchen you're in. Is that right, Jan? The ethos within the kitchen will dictate what happens. So the purchasing power comes from the top within the kitchen, and sometimes it can be absolutely terrifying. You just said it there. There's parts on a menu twelve months a year. That's not what we really want, and that that goes against what we're talking about here. But also with the calendar that I have, it's a PDF. You can download it, but it's all about the recipes that worked well, the recipes that didn't work well, and it's to contain the information in real time so that you can reflect on that year on year, knowing what your business needed, what recipes worked super well for your business, and it's just taking charge. Yeah, I know what you mean, but, um, but it's like it's it's a fantastic addition to to have, uh, as I say, the calendar because yeah, um, you can glance over it and it's clarity and it also it's economics because yes, if you're buying in season, um, it will be cheaper. or should be cheaper, or if it's not, you should get onto your your wholesaler. <laughs> And say, I have a question. Carrots are bang in season. Yeah. It's whatever it is October, November. Yes. Are you sure you're giving me the best price? Yes. Are, yes. Are, are you sure there are? So many people one. don't do that. So that's a great recommendation. Yeah. If, if it's bang in season. Yeah. Um, it'll keep your costings down on your menu. Yeah. Terrific. Because Absolutely brilliant. And maybe a lot of people don't know that. You know, if if it's Irish, they've heard about it, but I don't think they tackle it. They tackle it if it's yeah. Irish in season. And obviously it's grown within a certain radius, so you don't yeah. have logistics costs, the cost of fuel. Yeah. It it will be it will be cheaper. It's of greater benefit to it your business. It will be cheaper to have on your menu to yeah. buy in. Yeah. 
Whereas if you're, you know, the, the whole cliche, you're buying um, strawberries in, in January yeah. and all that. But so, um, and if, yeah, you, you could haggle. You could say, listen, guys, this is, you know, it's the season. They're two a penny. Um, yeah. Thank you <laughs> so much. They're pl plentiful. Let's um, do business. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, listen, Thank you. Dermot, this has been absolutely terrific. One thing I wanted to say before I say goodbye is you create the most stunning veg boxes. I have one in my car. It's absolutely outstanding. But people can get in touch with you on Instagram through direct message and they can order those and collect, can't they? They can, yeah. Well, it, well, it's a new it's a new development. As I say, the farm is up and running. It's, it, it's a new, it's a newish venture, even though it's been grown over 20 years. The, um, yeah. I have in my own place here um, so I'm growing the veg on site and if you want to buy it directly from me you can contact me on Instagram and my Instagram handle is dermot.carey love it and then if you want to contact me on Twitter it is at veggieguy v-e-g-i-e yeah yeah g-u-y yeah at veggieguy and if you sent me a direct message um, like if you're a restaurant and you are looking for produce um the like if you want to come out and collect i can give you a good good i can give you a good a good deal uh as i say i'm only i'm only an hour from the center of dublin yeah and as i say we have a couple of restaurants calling out here already and um you couldn't even take turns or um so you, what they're yeah. doing is they come out once a week they get the full supply for the week uh very often they come out of a tuesday they come out here, I meet them at 11 o'clock. Uh, they give in the order on Monday. We pick it very early Tuesday morning. We pick the produce. They arrive out at between half 10 and half 11. Yeah. Usually about 11 o'clock. Um, straight into the van. And they're back in Dublin at before 12 o'clock. Yeah. And they start prepping and they're ready for service at whatever it is, 5 o'clock. Um, on Tuesday evening. What a rewarding um, thing to do for any chef. Actually. And they have their produce down for the full week. Yeah. So they come out once a week and they do the foraging on the way out and they also get some they free... They make the most of it. And they get some free apples. Yeah. Don't tell them that. If, if they're, will, if they're willing... If they're You'll willing, have no apples left. If they're willing to pick... <laughs> what will the chickens eat? If they're willing to pick it themselves. <laughs> That's where the chickens live. That's well, <laughs> Dermot, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you. you so much for your energy. Thank you so much for all of these wonderful bits of advice and letting us in to see what it is you're all about. Thanks again, Tracy. It's been great chatting with you and uh, do call again. Will do. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.